into the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, open up with me. If you don't, you can look on the projector screen behind me and we will get into the Word of God. I want to thank Brother Henry, Sister Henry. Sister Henry must have got worn out last night. <laughs> Brother Henry, tell Sister Henry, I said, it's okay. <laughs> We went, um, so Brother Henry, Sister Henry, Brother Barry, Brother Scarlett, and myself, we went to a church anniversary service last night in Irvington, and um, service started at 7.30, and we got out at 11.15. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. What was that? Um, three hours and what? 45 minutes somewhere around there? Yeah, yeah. But we we were we, we had a good time. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord moved, and we enjoyed each other's company, and God blessed us. So I thank them for coming out last night. Um, whenever we get a chance to do something different, an opportunity to be in the presence of God and to have God touch your life, it's always good to get involved. So I thank them for driving up to Irvington yesterday and um, being in the house of the Lord. Really, I, I know the Williams appreciated that. They were celebrating their church anniversary, seventh year of serving the Lord from a capacity of having a church. And so we celebrated with them and we enjoyed it. And Pastor Clark preached and we just had a great time. So thank you for coming out. Thank you so much. Matthew 22. We're going to read verse 36 through 40. Familiar passage of scripture. May have heard some of it before. But I'm sure there's some that you probably didn't hear before. So hopefully you will uh, uh, listen intently and receive what God has. And I hope you will help me preach this morning. How do you help the preacher preach? When you agree with what the word of God is saying, or even when you don't agree, if you know the word is true, you say, praise the Lord. You said, yes, sir. Amen. Preach it, preacher. Y'all know that? Preach it, preacher. Preach it, Doc. That's what Brother Fox say. Preach it, Doc. Some people say, Amen. Some people say, Glory, Hallelujah. Some people get up and run. Some people get up and start dancing. Because it's just about how you want to, you know, give God praise for what he's saying to you. Never forget, whether you like what God is saying to you or not, always appreciate that God is talking to you. So sometimes, you know, we may have done something wrong and the preacher don't know you did something wrong, but he started talking about what you was doing wrong. Preacher can't know, so it's God. Right? The preacher don't know. So it's God talking to you and you can curl up and be mad and like, man, or you can say, God, I I guess you saw me. And you can say, thank you for letting me know I was doing wrong, even though I knew I was doing wrong. But thank you for letting me know that you see it and you want to help me. So don't ever, you know, get uncomfortable. Well, you can get uncomfortable, but never reject when God is trying to talk to you about something and um, you just kind of dismiss it. Just thank God for everything he says to you, whether you like it or not. Matthew 22, verse 36 says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Somebody say, all thine heart. 
and with all thy soul. Somebody say, with all thy soul. And with all thy mind. Somebody say, with all thy mind. This is the first and great. You can call it the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's interesting. We'll get to that. That's pretty interesting. And thou, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Hmm. Interesting. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus, we really and truly want an encounter with you today that will change our life. That will change our perspectives. Lord, we may have seen things a certain way and we may have been traditional in our behavior. But God, will you now intervene today that we will be biblically sound in our understanding? Correct our ways today, Lord God. But Lord, as you do so, will you edify us? Will you strengthen us? Will you heal us? Will you deliver us? Lord God, will you do a work in this place today that will change our course of direction for eternity with you? God, I pray that when we leave this place, we will know that we had an encounter with you. We were in your presence and we have focus and direction as we go. I pray today that the Spirit of the Lord will move strongly and miraculously among us. Lord, if you please, will you do miracles, signs, and wonders among us? If there's any in this place, Lord God, who have need, let them not be shy, but let them make their request known unto you. If it's healing, heal them, Lord. If it's deliverance, deliver them, Lord. If it's salvation, give them the courage to step up and say, I need to be saved. I need to give my life to God. I need to be born again. Lord, if it's them being, oh God, bless, oh God, with the outpouring of the gift of the Holy Ghost, pour it out, let them receive it, and let them, oh God, know that you have met their need. We praise you. We honor you. And oh God, we look to you today for all these things we pray in the miraculous and mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can everyone say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've entitled this message today, A Call to Love. A Call to Love. Tell your neighbor, A Call to Love. Now let me help you get more specific. I was called to love. Tell your neighbor, I was called to love. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That subject get us all uptight. Because we have all these perspective and all of these thoughts about love. But I am telling you and I'm preaching to you this morning that there's a call to love. The legal experts were engaged in what may have been a popular debate about the more important and less important of the hundreds of laws that the Jews had accumulated. The Pharisees had classified over 600 laws and would spend much time discussing which law were weightier than the others. Some religious leaders tried to distinguish between major and minor laws. Some 
taught that all the laws were equally binding and that it was dangerous to make any distinctions between any of them. Since Jesus was a teacher of the law, one of the Pharisee who was a lawyer stepped up, went to him and said, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now we do that somewhat as Christians, disciples of Christ, people of God. We tend to have our discussions what we think is important and what's not important. We all have different viewpoints. As to what the scripture is saying to us or not saying to us. And so we can sit back and we can try to dissect. We can try to figure out what is most important. What is the Bible saying about this and the Bible saying about that. And so we do that ourselves. And sometimes we are all saying different things about what the Bible is saying. And so these Pharisees and Sadducees and these legal experts, according to the laws of God, was trying to figure out, because there were so many commandments or laws, if you will, there were so many of them that they were trying to figure out, well, let's figure out which one is the best. You know, we always want the best. We always want to be on top. We always want to know that we know better than everybody else. And so they're trying to figure out which one is best. Which one should we recognize more than any other one? Because that's just our nature. We want to know who is the most important, who will sit on the right hand of Jesus and who will sit on the left and who will be the greatest servant. We always want to know what's the best and who is the best it's our nature it's our nature so they talked about which one of the law laws was the greatest the best and so jesus had to come alongside them and explain to them the law now i've always felt strongly that because Living for Christ is a continual uh, walk of maturity and growth that we are, we're all at different places in God. And so that's why we sometimes have different viewpoints and different uh, perspective of what the Word of God is saying. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible will mean different things to you depending on where you are in your life or depending on what you're going through at the moment. And so depending on what you're going through at the moment, when you read certain things in the Bible, certain things stick out. Certain things speak to you a lot louder than others because of the moment, because of the time that you're in, what you're going through. And that's why the Bible says, Jesus says, the word of God is living. It's not dead because as you are living, you need to deal with a living word. And so as you're trying to figure out where you're going in life and trying to learn about Jesus, depending on where you are, and you read that Bible, it will tell you something different. It will it will give you a different perspective. It will take you in a place where you need to go because it's what you need. God knows what you need. And so because of that, sometimes we can make ourselves believe things that are really not in the Scriptures. I'm hurting. I'm going through something. And when I read the Scripture, it's going to make me want to grab onto something that's not really what the scripture was saying but because of my situation I got to pull something out to make me feel better Mm -hmm. so maybe they were trying to figure out the one that they need to pull out to say look you see but I've learned a long time with the Lord 
soon as you think you know, you realize you don't know. Jesus said unto him, that, that, that rich, not the rich, well, he had to be rich, he's a lawyer. And so the lawyer who was bold enough to step forward to say, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Jesus was letting them know and even us today, because we, we read it, so he's letting them know, and us today, letting us understand that a person's total being must be involved in loving God, and nothing must be held back. Mm-hmm. I figured that will just get you saying, oh man. Jesus said, all your heart... All your soul and all your mind. What he's really trying to tell us is we need to love him with every fiber of our being. With everything we've got. We can't love him and leave something out. Everything about us got to love God. Everything that's within us got to love God. And sometimes you might think like, how can that be? How can I ever do that? That's impossible. But I know my God. He is such a good God. He's such a loving God. He's such a kind God that he's not going to ask you to do something uh, that is impossible. He's not going to ask you to do something uh, that you can't do. Uh, so if God said you need to love him uh, with all your heart, uh, with all your soul, uh, and with all your mind, uh, you need to realize you can do that. Love is one of the most complicated subjects that we can ever discuss. Because we all have different perspective of what love is. And when we hear love, uh, listen to me. I'm going to try to make sure I'm in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Don't shut down because you was hurt before. When you have been mistreated and people did you wrong and people that you thought loved you that didn't treat you right, when you hear this subject, you turn, tend to turn it off. If you're in a situation where somebody's treating you bad and you're in a situation where you feel like people don't care about you, don't love you, don't turn this off. Don't turn this off. I'm telling you what I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost. That because your heart hurts, because you've been rejected, because you've been mistreated, because people have done you wrong, when you come and you hear the word love, when you come to church, that's one of the subjects you just can't deal with because you have had bad experiences with love. You haven't had a good experience with love. You haven't been in any relationship where it was just genuine love that you feel like, wow, this is great. And so every time you hear this love topic, it's almost like you turn your back and says, I can't deal with it. Turn around. Give me your attention for a minute. Don't turn your back on this. Mm -mm, Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't turn me off. Listen up because God is talking to you. It's not me. God is going to talk to you today and help you so you can understand what this love thing is all about. He had called you to love and that's what it's all about. And it doesn't matter what other people do uh, and how you've been treated. Uh, The Bible says God's mercies, they are new every day. 
And so why people might hold things against you, might, why people might treat you wrong, and people uh, turn their backs on you, and people don't treat you right, and why you may be hurting, uh, I have to tell you if you go in the scripture and look, uh, the Bible says uh, in Lamentations chapter 3, I think it's verse 18, uh, the mercies of the Lord, uh, they are new every day. And so why people can treat you wrong and do you bad, uh, every day you wake up, Jesus says, you got a new slate. Uh, I got new mercy. Forget about yesterday. Uh, today is a brand new day. Uh, and everything that went wrong yesterday, it doesn't matter. Because today, I have new mercies for you. Uh, today, I have new mercy for you. Uh, so don't you worry about yesterday. Uh, don't you worry about last week. Uh, don't you worry about how you've been treated. Uh, today is a new day. Uh, oh, somebody, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because God has given me new mercy today. God has given me more grace today. And so I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm not going to worry about yesterday. I'm not going to worry about nobody else. Listen, I want to be loved. You want to be loved. I want to be treated special. You want to be treated special. But that is what's so great about God. That if that's not happening from people, the one that loves you more than anybody else, the one that will give you eternal life, the one who will provide for you, the one who will make a way for you, the one who will bless you, the one who will lift you up, the one who will keep you. He loves you unconditionally. As a matter of fact, he said, you're the apple of his eye. And so that one, God Almighty, whose name is Jesus, he loves you with all his heart, with all his being and his fiber. So while I want other people to love me, while I want to feel special, why I want people to do right by me if they don't I know one that's doing right by me I know one that loves me I know one that cares for me and I'm not turning my back on him because he loves me oh, hear me today somebody hear me today hear me today God loves you God loves you Jesus used heart, soul, and mind to express the dimension of our love for him. The terms should be taken together to mean love God with your whole being. Love God with your whole being. Hmm. Heart, soul, and mind functions in harmony in your love for God. So when he says love him with your heart, soul, and mind, it all worked together. So I'm going to help you to understand why he said that. Our heart refers primarily to our emotional response. So your heart causes this emotion. Your heart represents a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. When we think about love, we usually uh, feel like, there must be emotion involved. And I always say this. You can have emotions and not love. But you can't love and not have emotions. So you can have emotions and it's just lust. You can have emotions and it's just like I really like you. 
But you can't have love and don't have emotions. What does that mean, preacher? It means we come to church sometimes. And it's okay to get emotional. It's okay to start walking around and tears is running down your eye or you lift your hands. And it's okay to get emotional in church because if you love God, that's part of your love being expressed. Mm, help me somebody. It's nothing wrong with crying. It doesn't mean I'm hurting if you see me crying. It doesn't mean that something is wrong because you see me crying. It means I love God and my expression of love to Him causes me to become emotional. And so you might see me crying. You might see me dancing. You might hear me screaming. You might hear me stomping and saying, oh God! You might see me losing my mind but that's just my emotion saying God, I love you. And I just want to express to you how much I love you. It's okay to get emotional because you love God. It's okay to express to God. Oh, you shake your head. You just shake yourself. Oh, you just begin to move your feet and stomp. You begin to lift your hands and shake it. You begin to say, oh, hallelujah. It's my emotions of expression. I love God. I love God. So if you want to know why I'm so emotional when I do certain things concerning God, I'm showing, I'm demonstrating my love to God. Mm. Uh. We usually stop, though, with emotions. Some of us just equate love to emotion alone. Oh, because you don't show emotion, that means you don't love me. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. However, the roles of the soul and the mind helps when the emotional part is not working. So here's what I'm saying. There's some of us here that might not be emotional today. They might love God, but they're not being emotional. And so, okay, the emotional part somehow is not working. I'll tell you how that sometimes happens. And so if the emotional part is not working, then what? Okay, here we go. When the emotional part is not working, then you have to deal with the part of you that's the soul and the mind. Remember, God said, love him with your heart, soul, and mind. So the heart represents the emotional part. So when you're not emotional that day, and I'll tell you why sometimes you're not emotional. And so when you're not emotional, then you need to tap into the part that love God, soul, and mind. (laughs) This is why God wants you to love him with everything. Because if you love God just with one part of you, when that part is just something is not working right, then you just stop loving God. Just just slow it down with me a little bit. Just think about it. If all you love God is with your heart, and the heart is the emotional part of you, and so you just love God with your heart, when, when things are just crazy in the heart, and, and, and so no emotion is flowing to God's way, then it means probably you're not loving God at that moment. So God said, just don't love me with your heart, because I know you. As a matter of fact, look what he says in Proverbs chapter, chapter 4, verse 23. Look what the Word of God says. Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. All of your issues are in your heart. 
And so when all that stuff is going on, all your issues, it's hard to love. Oh, somebody talk to me in here. We make God pay a lot of time because we're going through. Uh, marriage ain't working right. Uh, somebody did you wrong. Uh, finances ain't right. Uh, things are not working. Kids going crazy. My situation is just in a, in a, in a uproar and I can't seem to get things right. Uh, and so because all of that is going on in your life, guess what? You can't worship God. You can't praise God. You you can't show God no love because the issues of life has just grabbed a hold of you and now you're stuck. And God is saying, my daughter, my son, what's the matter with you? Can't you love me in spite of what you're going through? We don't have an excuse for when we're going through not to praise God, not to worship God, not to show Him love, because He didn't say love Him just with your heart. He says heart, He says soul, and mind. So when the heart is messed up because of the issues of life, then you gotta depend on the soul. Then you gotta depend on the mind. So, what does the soul represent? The soul represents your will. God gave us a will. Did you know that? God gave us a will. So guess what? When you don't feel like it, you just got to will yourself to do it. There's some things in your life you have willed yourself to do. So don't go to God and tell him like, God, I, I just couldn't, Lord. Oh, you have willed yourself to do some stuff that you didn't really want to do. There were some times in your life where you said, man, I don't know if I can do this. But you know what you did? You willed yourself. You pushed through. You made yourself do it. And so God said, love me with your heart and with your soul. What he's saying is when the emotional part is shut down, then I want you to will yourself to praise me. I want you to will yourself to love me. I want you to will yourself to worship me. I want you to will yourself to give me honor and praise. You gotta will yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Listen. There are times when I don't feel like it like you don't feel like it. Somehow we be thinking that some people got different kind of flesh than others. We don't say it. But we act like it. You just got super flesh, superhuman flesh. You just got something different than I got because I don't know how you're doing that. No, no, no. I sh- the, 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 the issues of life that's flowing out my heart, that's messing with my emotional part, is getting in the way. But I'm going to make myself praise God anyhow. I'm going to make myself worship God anyhow. And all of us got to do the same thing. Don't look at somebody and say, oh, they just superhuman. They just got something that I don't have. No, they don't have nothing different than you. Just will yourself to give God the praise. Will yourself to love God. Will yourself to read your Bible. Will yourself to praise and pray. Will yourself because you love him. For y'all ladies that feel like you need to always cook your man a nice meal. You don't always feel like cooking him a nice meal. Come on now. In your mind you know you're supposed to cook him a nice meal. But you don't feel like it. Uh huh. Yeah, y- y- y'all getting it now. See, y'all getting it. Everybody shaking their hand. You're getting it now. You didn't feel like doing that. It just wasn't a good day today. I didn't even take nothing out of the freezer anyway. I just, 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 I can't. 
But then after a while, that will just kick in. No, I got to get it done. Uh, uh, those of us that have babies, you know, oh man, I, uh, I just don't have time. I'm doing stuff, baby doing this. But after a while, you realize, I got to will myself to change the baby. I got to will myself to go get a baby a bath and put the baby asleep. I didn't feel like it, but I got to make sure I do it. So our will kick in when we want it to kick in. Don't, don't, don't play with God like that. God says love him with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. And so if you're failing with the heart, you should just will yourself through. But also, he says with your mind, you need to also love him. And the mind is all the thoughts that's flowing through. You should always have God on your mind. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't act like that's impossible. Let me get personal again. You know, whoever that person is that you was caught up with and was like, uh, all into that person. It didn't matter what you were doing at work. You was thinking about them. A matter of fact, I go deep and deeper, deeper. You was in the club shaking yourself, dancing with another guy, thinking about that guy. Don't mess with me now. So you was partying, doing your thing. But the one that was special to you, you still was thinking about him. Same for you, dude. Ain't nobody like her. She's just the wifey. She looked nice and all, but she's just the wifey. Yeah, that's the one that's all on your mind. So don't get crazy when I say Jesus needs to be on your mind all the time. Oh, man, let me, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but let me tell you something. Uh, when we used to sing the song, It's So Easy to Love Him. You ain't never heard that song? Oh, you never heard that song? It's so easy to love you. Sing it. You better not sing it. You sing it. She's a singer. She's a singer. And she's just been hiding. I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. And I need her to keep coming so she can start practicing and working it out, get close to Jesus, so you can start singing so easy to love you. Telling me sing it. You know why she's telling me sing it quick? Because she knows it, it's, it's singing. We got two great singers in here. Excellent. You want to know what the other one is? She's trying to hide behind the kids talking about, since I had the kids, um, I don't know, my voice ain't the same. Please, we serve Jesus. He's all powerful and amazing. He will make the voice better than it was before you had the kids. So we got people that know how to sing. But the point is, it's easy to love somebody that loves you. That's what I'm saying. It's easy to love God because God loves you. And so when we love him, it's, 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 it's not hard for us to love him because he just loves us. It's easy to love God because God loves us. And so let me move right along here. The love of God is amazing. The love of God is different from any other love we can ever experience or express. The love of God is called agape love. It expresses the nature of God. It is selfless and surpasses our human understanding. 
So let me tell you how we can love the way God said to love, because if it's if it surpasses human understanding and it's so powerful and selfless and it and it's and it describes the nature of God, the only way we can ever love like that is according to Romans five, chapter five. It says, Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It is only by the power of the Holy Ghost can we demonstrate the agape love. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So this love that God is talking about is not the love you've been familiar with. It's a God love. And it comes only by the Holy Spirit. So by possessing the Holy Spirit, you have the potential to love like God loves. Because really, it's not you that's really doing it. It's God just just working through you to love like he loved. I, had so, I heard somebody say the other day, I thought this was interesting, CSDI, I can love you but not like you. And he broke it down. I said, mm, that is true. God commands us to love people. And so... It's by the power of God can we love everybody. But some people make it hard to like them because of their behavior. But you love them. That's possible. I know you didn't think it was possible because I didn't think it was possible. But after I listened to the teachings and I read the Bible, I said, you know what? That's true. Because God commands us that we love everybody. But guess what? Because of our way of being and how we interact, I don't like how you operate. On our own, we can only demonstrate phileo, storge, and eros love. P-H-I-L-E-O, S-T-O-R-G-E, and E-R-O-S love. Those are the three love that we can demonstrate to each other. Phileo is a natural affection for each other. So if you say you love someone with filial love, it means you just have a natural affection. We're humans. We love one another. It's just natural affection for each other. Storge is the love for your family. So when you have storge love, just easily you just love your family. That's your family. You love them. You can't just, just automatically. It just, that's the way it is. And eros is the passionate or romantic love that you have for your spouse. I said spouse. It's going to be hard to have that kind of love for your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you ain't supposed to be doing nothing to have that kind of passionate love. You got to wait till, you know, the ceremony. The ring on the finger ceremony going on. The love of God, which is agape, is totally unselfish. A love which human beings are capable of demonstrating only with the help of the Holy Ghost. God's Spirit helps us to love Him as we ought. God wants our emotional, self-willing, mind-consuming devotion of love. When you're loving God, it needs to be emotional, it needs to be self-willed, and it needs to be consuming thoughts of devotion to God. That's what God is looking for, for love, because that's what he has done for us. Remember, God said, let me tell you how bad God is, just in case you're wondering why I got to go that deep. 
God said, I know every hair on your head by number. That's a lot of knowing. So if God knows every hair on your head by number and you're the apple of his eye, is he being unrealistic by saying you need to love him the way you, he loves you? We got to get over that. Because somehow we think that, man, what God is asking, I can't do. And God is trying to let us know, I, you're the apple of my eye. I know every hair on your head by number. My eyes are always on you. No matter where you go, I'm seeing you. Loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind is the first and greatest commandment. Great love, like agape love, calls for great sacrifice and obedience. Oh, man. Not one response, Cheryl. You guys are going to let me work now. Great love, like agape love, calls for great obedience and sacrifice. This is why we're having problems with love. Because that word obedient and sacrifice, we don't want to do that. Uh huh. My son's shaking his head. Kiki, that's the problem. He don't want to sacrifice. He don't want, he don't want to sacrifice. And he don't want to listen to you. I, I, no, I'm his dad. I can do, I can do anything I want. Nah, he my child. I can do whatever I want. So, so that's, if that's the issue, then give, kick him to the curb. If he won't obey you and he won't sacrifice for you, you got to go. Tell him he got to go. Because that's the hold up with all the, the relationships. That's why relationships are suffering. Nobody wants to sacrifice for the other. And nobody wants to say, I'll do what you want me to do. Everybody want to do what they want and then still say they loving somebody. Oh, get over it, people. We can't love nobody and do what we want all the time. It don't work that way. When you love somebody, you're going to be sacrificing uh, and you're going to be saying, okay, yes, I will do that for you. (laughs) Even God listens to us. Even God listens to us. Even he is listening to us. We ask and he says, okay. And he's God. Even God sacrificed for us. Uh-huh. He sacrificed and he listens to us. So why we think we can love without sacrificing and listening to the other person? If you, if, if you don't want to listen because they're crazy, you should have never got with them. That's on you. I'm not listening to her. She's crazy. Well, you should have never married her, dude. You better listen to something. John chapter 21 verse 15 says this. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lamb. So when he says, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, well, feed my lamb if you love me. Verse 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. 17. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, 
Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. So three times, Jesus said to Peter, You love me? Peter said, Yeah, Lord. Jesus said, All right, feed my lamb. Peter, you love me? Yeah, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? I can picture that because I can just see that. That's something I would have did. I would have looked at Jesus. What's your problem? You know everything. You know every thought in my mind. And I'm telling you I love you. And here you go asking me again if I love you. What kind of stuff is this, God? You trying to trick me? Hold on. You trying to trick me? So I get Peter on that sin. I, I got you, Peter. So here's the story. Jesus was asking Peter, did he agape love him? And Peter was responding and saying, yeah, Lord, I filio love you. So Jesus was saying, do you have that selfless, godly love for me? And Peter was saying, yeah, I got affectionate love for you. I lost you. The point of this is, God is not content with just your affection sometimes. God is not content with just your emotional love sometimes. He already said it. I need you to love me with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind. So when you're loving me just only when you feel like it, I am not down with that. And that's what Jesus is trying to get through to Peter, that you just don't love me when you feel like it. I need you to love me with that unconditional selfless love that comes from me. And so when he said, do you love me? He said, yeah, Lord. He was like, that ain't sufficient. So today we need to know it's not sufficient to love God with just affection. Only when you feel like it. The praise singer is singing real good, so I feel good right now. When we get some drums and some, some musicians, they playing real good, so I'm going to dance right now. That's feelings. And it's okay. But it can't stay at that level. It got to go to the next level. I'm willing myself whether I feel like it's going to the next level. He's so consuming my mind uh, that I just got to shout out. This is where the, 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 the clap your hands all you people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Uh, this is where that hallelujah scream comes from. Uh, this is where you just begin to open your mouth and lose your mind. Uh, because now it went from one level to a next level and to a next level. And when it gets to my mind, uh, I can't help myself but to just shout. Uh, oh God, you are good. Oh God, you are wonderful. You're kind. You're amazing. There is none like you. That's when it comes from the heart and then to the soul. And when it gets to the mind, I just got to open my mouth and just shout unto God and just praise Him because I want to love Him with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. I'm getting ready to shut it down right here. John 14 and 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. God loves us and he made promises to us. And because he loves us and made promises, promises to us, guess what? He keeps his promises. You remember I always tell you, here's a little nugget I always tell you. God never asked us to do anything he didn't do. 
If we can get that, it will be so easy to live for God and serve God because you'll realize whatever he's asking me, he has already done it. That's why he's asking me. And matter of fact, some of the things he's asking me to do is not as bad as what he had to go through. And so it says in John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. You can't say you love him and just live how you want. John 15 and 10 says, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. jump down and says, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Lord have mercy. The word neighbor refers to our fellow human being in general. So it's not talking about the person living next door to you only. Live next door to you. That's it. No. It's not just talking about the, the person that live across the street from you. Your neighbor is every person you encounter. So when, when he said neighbor, he's not just talking about people you're familiar with. He's talking about strangers too. The, the, the love a person has for himself or herself in a sense of looking out for oneself, caring about oneself's interests should continue, but not just with yourself. It needs to continue and go to others. So the way you feel about yourself, the way you love yourself, the way you care about yourself, that's how you should be doing somebody else. Alright, a couple of people are having a little issues with that. They, they, they look the other way on me on that. Listen to this. I love this. We were created by God to instinctively love ourselves. This is where self-preservation comes from. Instinct. Instinct. We love ourselves just by how God created us. Yeah. All right. So some people have some questions in their mind. I know you do. I used to think some of us don't really love ourselves. But I've since changed my thinking on that. We have all proved that we have loved ourselves in some way. Maybe not agape love, but filial love. We prove it when we constantly worry about our pain. Why are you worried about your pain? Because you love you. And you don't want you to be in pain. We know we love ourselves when we worry about our hurt. Why are you worrying about your hurt? Because you don't want to hurt because you love you. <laughs> we worry about our healing. Why? Because we love ourselves. We want to be healed. We even worry about our inferiority complex. We worry about that because we love ourselves. Here's the big one. We love ourselves so much that sometimes we act out so people can take notice of us and respond to us. This is why I had to change my thinking. Because there are people that act up and you're saying, they just don't love themselves. No, no, no. They love themselves so much that they will not allow you to ignore them. 
I'm telling you, you better understand that. They act up because they're going, you're going to pay me some mind. Why they want you to pay them some mind? Because they love themselves. So Jesus said, love your neighbor. <laughs> Woo! That's what he's saying. If you want that, I got to go out your way to let people notice you because you love yourself, then you need to do that to somebody else. You need to go out of your way to let somebody know how special they are. Let me tell you something. The more I read and study and live for God, the more I say, God, your stuff is tight. I mean, God's stuff is tight. You can't go to the left or the right. It is tight. You can't, you can't get over on God. So he says, love your neighbors yourself. So you know how you've been loving yourself. So the question is, have you been loving people like that? Uh-huh. We all got some work to do, right? All right. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Just say, Lord, we have some work to do with that. We can work on loving you. Yeah, we, we, that one was clear because we know you love us. But boy, love our neighbors ourselves and our neighbor not loving us back. Yeah, he didn't say love your neighbor as they love you back. He didn't say that. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hmm. Here we go. We are called to love ourselves and people the way God loves people because we are created in the likeness and the image of God. We are God's representation. Therefore, we must represent God in every way, especially in love. I'm closing right now. Here's the final thing I want to talk to you about. Love is vertical and horizontal. If we're going to be good and successful at loving, it's going to have to be vertical and horizontal. Vertical, you and Jesus. Horizontal, you to people. That's how you love in totality. Vertical and horizontal. If you're only loving vertical, well, that's that's a whole different sermon. I don't want to go down that road. Because really and truly, if you're not loving people, your your vertical um, love is still trying to get worked out. Let me say it nice. So if you have a hard people, hard time loving people, it means you gotta put some time, some more time into your vertical love. Cause if you get that vertical love real good, you will get that horizontal love real good. But you gotta get that vertical love real good. The cross is a demonstration as to how we're supposed to love. The cross, vertical. Is he tight or isn't he tight? I can't, I can't with Jesus. The dude is out of control, man. If you get to know him, you're like, dude, how you let all of this work from the creation of man till today? You got this great plan working and it all connects like clink, 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 working like it's just a machine, just, just so perfect and works so right. His plan is And so, the cross wasn't by mistake. Just think about this. Oh, God, you're amazing. Think about this. 
Before we were created, God knew people would crucify people as punishment. This is how deep he is. Because how could he ever use the cross as a symbol of love if people wasn't going to be using the cross to crucify people? So before he created human beings, he knew humans would get so vicious at one another that part of their, their, their punishment to each other would be to crucify each other. And what we make into a mess, God turn it around and make it out of something else. And so this cross that is vertical, it's a post first that goes vertical and go down in the dirt from which we were made of. So this post got to go in the dirt. Which represents our flesh, who he made us. Got to go in the dirt and raise up high. And then you get the vertical wood that goes across like this. Love is vertical and horizontal. And then with all of that, he was placed upon that cross. And listen to this. Between two other people who were being crucified. Y'all better get this today before I get out of here. And so here is this cross and he's on it. And two other people. One on the right, one on the left. One repented and one unrepented. But he's still reaching You want to talk about love? You want to talk about the plan of God? You want to talk about Him calling us to love? He is showing us every single dimension that is possible for us to understand real, true love. What is holding us back from demonstrating the love of God to God and to each other? He didn't ask us to go up on no cross. He didn't say go up on the cross like I went up on the cross and let them nail you and let them nail you. He didn't ask us to do that. He just wanted us to just die to our own flesh. And so, two thieves. One repented. The other unrepented. And so here is the story of the cross. The story of the cross is that God's love was so amazing that he was always thinking about us. He thought about how he created us from the dust of the earth. And he made sure his ultimate sacrifice for us touched the dust of the earth going down. And in the horizontal part of it where he was crucified between two thieves, one repented and one not. What God was saying is, our responsibility is to love God. Love God first. That vertical love, love God first. Love God first. Reach for the lost people. That's one of the vertical ways. Reach for lost people. 
and love everybody else. That's what the cross represents. Us loving God. Us reaching for lost people. And us loving everybody. We've been called to love. We've been called to love God. We've been called to love people. And because we were called to love them, we should be reaching for them. Even in his death, when he was stretched wide, he was, today, you will be with me in paradise. He was still reaching for someone that was lost. The one that just wouldn't respond in obedience. One repented and the other one didn't. But he was reaching for both of them. So he was reaching for one that never repented. He reached for the other that repented. The one that repented, he was with him in paradise. The one that was unrepented, he never made it. But he was reaching for him. If we never make it to heaven, it won't be because Jesus is not reaching for us. It's because you decided you don't want to respond except his love. If you want to make it to heaven, you're going to have to respond and reach and embrace his love. If you have never been baptized, the Bible said that we must be born again. So all that he went through, he went through it so you can come into his love. And the way to come into his love is to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And when you respond in obedience to being born again, because he's reaching for you, he brings you into his fold. You get to experience his love. And then you have a duty and a responsibility after that to love everybody. Love Jesus. Respond to his call of love for you. Obey his call of love to you and do what he says. And then start loving others. Will you stand? A call to love. If you're here today and you've never given your life to God, he's calling you into a loving relationship with him. Not no phony. Today, he loves you. Tomorrow, he don't. Can I tell you something? Because many of you might be like me. I love a lot of things about God. But here's what I love about God more than anything else. His love, because it's real love, is consistent. I love consistency. And it's a challenge for me or any one of us that's trying to love when there's no consistency. I'm loving you today and you're okay with my love today, but tomorrow is like you're not okay with my love. I love Jesus because every day he okay with my love. Every day I reach for him, he reaches back for me. Every day I tell him I love him, he tells me he loves me. I love that about Jesus. And so it's easy to love him because he's consistent. He's always there. He never forsake. He's always there. And that's why he's inviting you. And I'm inviting you to give your life to him because you can depend on him. He will never turn his back on you. He will never forsake you. He loves you. You got to trust him on that. You got to know that. And if you trust him, you'll see he is so consistent in loving you. He's so consistent in all the promises he made for you because he loves you. Love God today, somebody. Respond to his love and say, God, you love me and I'm going to love you back.
If you say you're loving him back, that's your way of saying, I will sacrifice for you, Jesus. I will obey you, Jesus. What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do, God? Because whatever it is, I will do it because I love you. And I know to love, I got to sacrifice. I know to love, I have to obey. We can't just turn him off if we're going to show love. And when you love him the right way, you will start to love people the way you need to love them. If you're here today and you want to give your life to God, I want you to come. If you're here today and you want me to pray that God will touch your life and heal you and, and, and just do something miraculous in you, I want you to come. Whatever it is today that you need, why don't you take a step out of your seat today and come just to just let God know how badly you want to do this and make it right. Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word has gone forth. Now, Lord, all we can do is respond. I pray that this congregation will respond in obedience. That they will respond to you, Lord God, to say, God, I know how much you love me. And I will not withhold myself from you anymore. I cannot withhold myself. I cannot do whatever I want. I cannot let you down. I cannot displease you. I cannot just ignore you, Lord. I cannot just live however I want in disappointing you who love me so much. Lord, you love me so much that every day you give me a clean slate. Every day you give me another new opportunity to show you my love. What kind of love do you have? Lord, when you went to the cross, you was thinking about us. When you went, oh God, in the garden to pray because you were struggling with the whole process. Lord, you thought about